Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another exciting night of NBA basketball. With the first pick, the Detroit Pistons select Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State University. Chandler again. Oh, what a block by Max Seal! My goodness! The Pistons are digging in. They got the depth. They got the big men. They got the better basketball team. No doubt about it. There's Jaden playing the passing lane. Sky's a jam. Dynamite dunk and the crowd loves it. Pistons need a three and they have just under three seconds to do it. Here's Chauncey Phillips. Here it is. Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mike King Milano. Joining me at 11.02 Eastern Standard Time on NBA Draft Night are my co-hosts, Aaron Johnson and Jasper Apollonia. Fellas, Pistons had the fifth pick. They recently made a trade to move up to 25, and uh, it's pretty exciting. I'm pretty excited coming out of this draft. There's still a couple more moves that they could make but how are you guys feeling uh not to go on a rant i won't go on a rant it's too late at night to go on a rant uh but the nba draft it takes too long uh, I, i'll be the old man yelling here it's ridiculous how long the, the draft takes that it's 11 o'clock the draft started three hours ago and the first round is not even completed yet this is ridiculous it's going to take this long make it a two-night event like you're the nfl i mean this is just insane but other than that i'm doing good and ready to talk about the draft yeah, you guys, it's it's 11.03, but you guys have real jobs, and I work at restaurants. So for me, this is like, I don't know, middle of the afternoon. Like, it's 4.30 right now for me. So I'm feeling great. I'm ready to talk about what I think has been a very exciting draft for the Detroit Pistons, uh, which, like you said, is not quite over yet. So there might be one or two moves still coming down the pipe. Um, you know, if they happen while we're recording... We will absolutely talk about them. If they happen afterwards, so be it. Uh, but the two picks that the Pistons have made in the first round, uh, one of them via trade, uh, definitely give us more than enough to talk about on this edition of the podcast. Uh, very exciting. Very exciting draft. Uh, I don't know if the Pistons have had the best draft. There's been a couple teams with, with drafts that have been better, but I have to say I'm personally pretty happy with where they're sitting right now. And we are no strangers to late breaking news. Uh, I believe Aaron and I recorded the podcast two and a half hours before Monty Williams was hired. So, yeah, and we, uh, we probably we have still have wait. another. We still probably have another two and a half hours before this draft ends. So. <laughs> very, very possible. Very possible. Um, Buckle before, up. We, before we get into our discussion of the draft, I want to thank our sponsor for this week's podcast, and that is. Bet online and bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Get in on the action and use our promo code Believe B L E A V. For a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's B L E A V for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using Bet Online. 
bet online where the game starts. All right, moving right into it. The Pistons picked fifth overall. The odds uh, were going insane, just like they did last year with Paolo Bancaro and Jabari Smith. But turns out uh, the Pistons sort of held true with who they were going to pick. And with the fifth overall selection, they did select Asar Thompson from the overtime elite. His brother went just one slot before to the Houston Rockets, which just stokes the Pistons, the the odd Pistons-Rockets rivalry even more. But the Pistons got a Thompson twin, which if you told me that heading into this season, I would have been pleasantly happy with that. Um, I think he adds a level of athleticism and defensive instinct that is going to become immediately apparent uh, with this team. I think he's going to mesh in extraordinarily well with the rest of the young core. Um, I'm very happy with this, with this pick. Um, and I'm glad that we didn't get something off the wall uh, from Troy Weaver and company. This is a, this is a pretty solid pick. Everybody seems in the NBA Twitter sphere agreed with that as well, that you know, this plus Kate Cunningham plus Jaden Ivey getting downhill plus Jalen Duran being an elite rim protector and smart passer just creates a, you know, a perfect vortex of youth and athleticism. Um, and plus seeing Cade sort of kind of galvanize all that together will be really interesting, but guys, I'm going to kick it over to you. Um, Jasper, what was your initial reaction with the drafting of Asar Thompson fifth overall to the Detroit Pistons? Extremely happy. Uh, I've been on the record as saying I think that the Thompson twins of all the players that were a, a reasonable option for them at five, as I think we all anticipated Victor Webinyama, uh, Scoot Henderson, and Brandon Miller all being off the board by the time the Rockets were picking. So of all the players that were potentially going to be there for Detroit, I thought the Thompson twins had the highest upside, and I'm extremely happy that they went with Asar, um, especially because Eamon was off the board there. Uh, that would have been extremely interesting if he was still on the board, if the Rockets had gone another direction, but we're past that now. Uh, I totally agree with what you're saying here, Mike. Absolutely. The things that Asar Thompson is going to bring day one, he's going to bring athleticism. He's going to bring slashing. He's going to bring a, a level of you know, tertiary playmaking next to Jaden Ivey and Kate Cunningham. And he's going to bring what I think is probably going to be elite, um, potentially all defensive team level defense, uh, maybe not day one, but very, very quickly uh, as he acclimates to the league. I want to address some of the concerns that I've seen, you know, fans, uh, analysts throw out there in regards to his shooting. It's absolutely something to be at least a little worried about. Um, and, and of course, the level of competition that he and and Amon faced this last year. But the fact of the matter is, like, he is six foot seven. He is an incredible athlete. One of the things that translates more than anything else across uh, levels of basketball, way more than offense, is defense. Because so much of it comes down to effort. And the fact of the matter is, Asar Thompson is going to give you 100% effort every single night he's an extraordinarily hard worker and in regards to people who are concerned about his shot that is a perfect example of 
how hard of a worker he is. If you look at how he was shooting in workouts towards the end of the year with overtime elite, his shot form was much better. And especially in the mid-range, you could see it coming around very, very quickly for him. So, yes, I do think that there are concerns about the shooting, but he's been working with an NBA distance three-point line. I don't think that you can understate how important that is to development. He's made improvements, and the things that he does well already are things that you can instantly see translating to the NBA. I've seen people questioning whether he will be a starter day one. I think that a lot of that comes down to what the Pistons do in free agency. If they spend big money on someone like Cam Johnson or Jeremy Grant, um, it's hard to imagine that they won't be a starter next to Boyan Bogdanovich. So there is a possibility that he comes off of the bench, but if he does, that's also fine um, as he's not going to have Boyan Bogdanovich in front of him for, for all that long. And either Cam or Jeremy Grant could, could conceivably move to power forward so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with this pick. I think they took the highest upside player available. I think they picked a player who immediately fits into what they need in terms of athleticism, in terms of wing defense. Um, I mean, God, we have been saying it forever. This is just the type of player that they need. And since I'm assuming Troy Weaver and co believe in him being able to improve that shot, if he can, he doesn't have to be an elite shooter he just has to be a 35% kind of shooter um, in order to be an unbelievably dangerous weapon on both ends of the floor for Detroit. I'm very happy with the pick. Yeah, I think Aaron, when you look thoughts? at when you look at who is available, the draft was playing out as you would expected it to. And Asar Thompson, although he wasn't my first choice personally is still a very good prospect to come away with for Detroit, all things considered. You know, they didn't want to be in this position. They didn't want to be drafting five. Uh, it was worst-case scenario. But for them to, to come out of the draft at five with an elite defensive prospect who has elite athleticism, budding playmaking skills, good size, like these are all great qualities and address needs for Detroit. And, again, even though he wasn't my top choice, I still think – that this was a good pick uh, for the Pistons. For me, like everyone else, the biggest question mark is his ability to space the floor, is his his ability to knock down outside shots. And, you know, for a team that doesn't have a lot of shooting, that doesn't have a lot of shooting in its projected starting group, uh, it's, it, it's a major concern for me. But the other qualities that he has are so, so strong and the way that he just pops out on tape with how fast he is, with how athletic he is, uh, the defensive intangibles that that he has. I mean, there is so, so much to like about him there. You're just not going to be able to find a prospect that is is great at everything, especially at five, uh, especially in a draft that, you know, isn't considered to be some super, super elite class. Uh, the, every player that they could have taken at five was going to have a, a flaw that stood out in their game. And, and for Thompson, it's shooting. It's how he fits in a half court setting on offense. But, but again, every prospect was going to have uh, a, an issue that was going to be worrisome. I'll, I'll say, for example, Taylor Hendricks, the guy that I was uh, my ideal target for Detroit at five, you know, some of the, the biggest concerns around his game were his, what was his ability uh, you know, to generate offense outside of, of being a shooter, 
going to look like. You know, there were some concerns about that. So every player that that Detroit could have taken was going to have some major question marks. It just so happens that that Thompson's is shooting, which is a big issue for this Detroit team. Uh, you know, this conversation doesn't have to get super philosophical in terms of how, how this team is constructed right now. Uh, the rest of uh, the offseason still has to to take place. There's going to be free agency. Uh, it, it would not shock me if Detroit's uh, at least involved in trade talks. It's something that Troy Weaver likes to find himself in. But uh, Asar Thompson, I think, is a good pick. Uh, not necessarily a guy that I spent a ton, a ton of time watching because it wasn't a guy that piqued my interest the most throughout the process. But from what I did, what I did see and what I did read, uh, it, it's very clear why the Pistons liked him. And it's very clear that he is going to help them uh, in, in some key areas. I mean, this was a terrible, terrible defensive team last season. And he is an elite defensive prospect with the way he can get in passing lanes with his ability to stay in front of guys, guard multiple positions. Uh, he's going to make such a, such a huge impact uh, on that side of the floor and, and for a team that desperately needs to get better on that end. It's super, super exciting. The athleticism, again, off the charts with him. So I, I like the pick for Detroit. Uh, and as they continue to build out the draft and now they have to build out the rest of the roster, I think, this was an upside play, and when, with this hopefully being the last year that Detroit's picking in the top five, top ten, whatever, you know, if you want to take one last swing for the fences on a guy that has that all-star level potential, I think you have to live with it, and, and, and then that's what they did with Asar Thompson. I think you bring up a good point there, Aaron, in that, yeah, after Victor, shoot, even with Victor, like, every prop prospect in this range from one to the end of the draft has one red flag or another and I see a lot of people kind of harping on the lack of shooting for Massar but like look the number two pick in the draft was Brandon Miller that guy has the biggest red flag I've seen of any prospect in this draft of course I'm referring to him calling Paul George the goat um you know for me that is terrifying so when I look at somebody like Asar Thompson or the other players that were potentially available there, like Anthony Black has, has red flags. Um, you know, Jarris Walker has red flags. Taylor Hendricks has red flags. And those aren't players with nearly the same amount of upside. Shoot, talk about red flags. Cam Whitmore was a very heavily talked about player to the Pistons with the fifth pick. He slid all the way to 20. So, you know, I mean, that's just something that you have to live with in a draft like this, without a bunch of surefire, you know, top-end prospects, everyone's going to have red flags. You have to live with the red flags that are there, hope that you can get past them, and build on the good things that are within that player. I, I want to quickly, before we move on, just mention a little quote that uh, Amari Sankofa um, of the Detroit Free Press wrote about Asar Thompson, saying, Asar said on his game fitting with Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey, I can see it going in a way where there are three guys who can facilitate. Three guys who can come off screens, kind of like a shy, giddy, Jalen Williams type of thing. Back cut. That's what the NBA is going to. That, to me, is so telling about the level of basketball IQ that Asar Thompson has. Uh, his willingness to accept a role that's given to him. His ability to see ahead, to see where the game is going, and to anticipate his role. He's not somebody who's coming in saying... Yeah, it's my team now. 
No, he's saying this is how I can work with these players and, and looking not just where he fits in with the team now, but where he fits in down the road. I think to me that that shows such a level of maturity. Uh, and we know those are the type of players that Troy Weaver is automatically going to gravitate to. I, I think this is actually a good time to, you know, talk about their second pick um, because Marcus Sasser is another player who absolutely fits the mold of the type of guy that Troy Weaver is going for in this draft. Does uh, he certainly does. And that's a good segue. So after a trade with the Boston Celtics, the Pistons were awarded the 25th pick. They selected Marcus Sasser out of Houston. He averaged 16.8 points, 3.1 assists per game. Houston was very good last year. They locked up the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. He is a 22-year-old. He's a very good perimeter defender. I think the experience is helpful. Um, he's a good three-point shooter, catch-and-shoot threes, off-the-dribble threes. Um, he had a junior year where he shot 44% from deep. That was, I think he only played in 10 or 11 games that year, but 44% from long range on almost nine uh, attempts per game. Definitely fits the mold. A hard-nosed point guard, going to find his shot, but a tough defender. Um, before we talk about the ramifications of the addition of Mark Sasser to this roster and how that's going to crunch the guards even more, I think this is a great pick as well. I think we talked about Marcus Sasser in one of our pre-draft podcasts as a good second-round guy. You know, they moved up to get him. And that's, and that's fine. I, I think at this point in the draft, going and moving to get who you want to get with how weird this draft has gone, I don't have any problem with that. Go and get your man. If you know if you want a Marcus Sasser and you don't think he's going to be there at 26 or 7, then you know trade a couple seconds and make it work. Um, but I, I do like this pick a lot. It doesn't exactly solve the rim pressure out of the guards, but you already have enough guards that can do that. So I don't think it's too big of a problem. Um, you're not relying on him to do that. You're relying on a guy to play perimeter defense and to sh make shots and be willing to take shots, uh, particularly from deep. So I think Marcus Sasser fits exactly what the Pistons are looking for. Definitely what Troy Weaver is looking for, a tough-nosed defender. Um, Jasper, what do you think about this pick? I, I like this pick too. Uh, you know, look <laughs> – do I think that there were higher upside guys potentially available to them at 25, even potentially 31? I mean, who's to say? Sasser easily could have fallen to 31 for Detroit. But really, all they gave up to move back into the first round was that 31st overall pick and a couple of future seconds. And we've discussed this on the podcast before. We were discussing it even before we started this podcast uh, those picks don't mean anything to me. If anything over the past few years has proven to us, especially to the Pistons, you can trade away and regain second rounders like they were nothing in this league right now. Uh, that's not to say those picks don't still have value once they convert into players, but as picks themselves, they really don't matter. I think the ramifications here for somebody like Killian Hayes are... Uh, they definitely are there. Um, this is the type of the guy seat that is officially warm. Yeah, uh, it's more than warm. It's it, you know how like you put a frog in a 
thing of water and then you turn on the heat and and you know they don't notice it if you put them in the hot water they notice it immediately if you start turning up the heat they don't notice it well uh killian hayes just got thrown in a boiling hot pot of water he should be trying to he should be freaking out a little bit right now uh yeah marcus sasser of course the issue here is that he's six foot one six foot two and that is definitely a problem uh in the modern nba i mean that's just an undersized guard but like you said um really good defender this is a guy that over the last three years averages over a steal and a half per game uh over the last three years shot 7.6 threes per game on 37 percent efficiency we're talking about a player who shot almost 750 threes in his ncaa career at a 37 percent clip um efficiency is not an issue um Willingness to shoot is not an issue. And especially when you bring in that hard-nosed defense, that's really what Killian Hayes brings to you right now. So I definitely would be a little worried. I don't, the thing with Sasser is like, I don't know if he's a two. I think he's just too undersized there. Can he play the one? I don't know. He's not really a high assist guy. But if you put him next to somebody like Alec Burks, who can pressure the rim, who can get to the, uh, the free throw line, and can pass a little bit, well, maybe you can have enough playmaking there. And if you sign somebody in free agency to be your starting wing next to Boyan Bogdanovich, maybe you bring a Sar Thompson off the bench as kind of a secondary playmaker, and you kind of just get by with all three of those guys um, coming off your bench your first year in terms of playmaking. I think that that could definitely work, you know, especially when you take into account Sasser's ability to shoot from distance at a high clip uh, and Asar's inability to do so, you could probably cover up some of those holes there. So for me, I think, you know, you, I don't really think it costs you anything of note to move up in the draft. Sorry, I don't value those second round picks. I know some people do. And while I do think that there are definite question marks regarding Sasser's size, there are none regarding his tenacity, especially on defense. There are very few regarding his shooting. And for a team that people people who were criticizing the selection of Asar Thompson with the fifth pick, saying they need shooting, well, here's your shooting. And you get another good defender. So for a team that was the second worst defensive team in the NBA last year, I think that these are two really good pickups that fit to what they really, really need right now. I'm not quite sure what the qualms were with with trading up for the pick. The, these future second round picks are a dime a dozen. It, it's it's not something that Troy Weaver hasn't done before. He moves second round picks uh, all the, every year, every single draft he does it. And if you want a second round pick next year, or in two years, or in three years. Whenever these second round picks uh, that he traded come into play, they're, they're, you just move a couple more down the line. It's just a revolving door. It's not it's not hard to get pick thirty eight, pick thirty nine, pick forty two. It's like it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. You all you have to do is continuously trade future second round picks. It it you can just do it every single year. It really doesn't matter. Uh, if you're convinced on a guy, you want to make sure you can get him. You do it. 
Uh, Sasser, like Asar Thompson, wasn't like the number one guy on my board for, for them with their second pick. But he does a lot of good things and and, and is going to help the Pistons. A great shooter, uh, can score off the dribble and as a spot-up guy. Gives them a, a defensive-minded guard, an absolute dog on the defensive end. is something that they needed. And I, I, I'm just not going to get up in arms over them moving a couple future second round picks that we, A, don't know if they have protect protections on them yet. And B, you're going to be able to get second round picks whenever you want to. It, they're not hard to acquire. We are seeing trades on, on draft night here tonight where teams are trading some cash for a second round pick. Like if you really want a second round pick, you can go and get it. So, Boston Celtics have continuously traded back and back and back, and they're just they're just acquiring second round picks like it's like it's nothing. It's just it, it's easy to do. I I, I it's like easy. You can buy your way back in. Uh, it addresses shooting. It addresses defense. Uh, it, it gives them another option to look at uh, in terms of moving away from Killian Hayes, which I think is is the right thing to do. I think it's it's just at that point in time. You know, I don't know if it happens day one, but I, I also can see the Pistons going and, and getting another veteran guard in free agency, which makes it even harder for Killian Hayes to have a future here. So uh, I, I like the pick. You know, there were some other guys that I, I was certainly interested in. Julian Strother out of Gonzaga was a guy that I really, really liked. And a guy that, you know, I was hoping would be there at 31. He ended up going 29. So sometimes if there's a guy that you like, you have to pay that price. If you If you really want him, you have to pay that price to jump up and get them. And Troy wanted that in Sasser. Uh, you, you have to trust that he knows what he's doing. And by all means, I mean, what, what are the knocks on, on Sasser besides he's, he's going to be a 23 year old rookie. Like, yes, he's a little bit short, but he's, a, he's a, going to be a backup point guard, a backup guard. And, and he, again, he's, he's 23. Like it's not, that's not, if, if that's the worst con out of a, a, a late first round pick, so be it. I think he could do a lot worse. This is a guy that's going to come in and help. And as Jasper, you mentioned, he's kind of on the you know the opposite side of the spectrum with Thompson, who's a big athlete, uh, who's you know just a bigger defensive minded guy, but can't really shoot. Sasser's smaller, not necessarily a big time athlete, but shoots the crap out of the ball. Is a big time scorer. So little yin and yang there. I like I, I like this pick by Detroit. And you know again, I think they needed to to figure out some some backup guard depth. And I think this helps with that. And it, it's defensive-minded. This team had to get better defensively this offseason. Thompson and Sass are two guys that are going to certainly, certainly impact them in a positive way on the defensive end. And I'm sure that that's something that Monty Williams uh, was big on in any sort of like, shared with, with Troy Weaver and Tom Gores throughout uh, You know the, the hiring process of getting this team to be uh, not bottom of the barrel defensively, giving up 130 points every night. Yeah, and I think that that's a, a- – like an important thing here because I see a lot of talk about the Pistons shooting and how Asar doesn't fix that. But like, look, the fact of the matter is the Pistons were the 22nd best. I I shouldn't say best. <laughs> they were 22nd in the league in three point shooting last year at 35.1%. But the difference between them being 22nd and being, uh, you know, uh, 13th in the league was 1.4%. Like, that's not a huge leap, um, especially if you come back next year and 
you know, Kate Cunningham can be a good shooter and Jaden Ivey takes a, a step forward in terms of his shooting. But the difference between them being the 27th ranked defense at 117.8 points per 100 and being the 13th best defense was 4.6 points per 100. So like the, the difference in those two things, they have so much more work to make up for their what they lack on the defensive end than they do in terms of three-point shooting. And the fact of the matter is shooters are they're they're not as hard to find in today's NBA as they were even three, four, five years ago. It, it's way easier to find guys who can elevate your three-point shooting percentage, you know, based on whatever. It's way harder to find elite defensive wings. I mean, look at look, Mikhail Bridges did not have anything close to the offensive explosion he had with the Nets before he went to the Nets. And yet he was the centerpiece of the return for Kevin Durant. Why do you think that is? It's because he's an elite defensive wing who has offensive upside. And now you're seeing it with the Nets. So for me, I, I just think that people are looking at this all wrong where they're saying you need the shooting, you need the shooting. No, you need the defense way worse. And I think that Detroit did a great job in in dealing with that primarily and also picking up shooting, also having a backup plan for if Killian Hayes doesn't work out this season. Um, yeah, I, I think it was a very, very good draft. I wouldn't call it an A-plus draft. You know, they didn't necessarily get all the guys that I wanted the most uh, with that second pick. But, like, I think this is a very – I have very few complaints. This is a solid B-plus, A-minus kind of draft to me. Yeah, I, I agree. They they solved two of the key problems that existed on their roster, which was defense and I guess I'd say athleticism. But it's you could probably say playmaking, but it's hard to say playmaking without Cade out there as well. Um, but they, they solved the athleticism and they solved the defense in two separate ways. Um, and it didn't cost them, like Aaron said, it, it, it doesn't cost you a whole lot with some second-round picks to move up to get your guy. Um, so I agree. I think this was a good draft. It's been a very strange draft. Um, Leonard Miller just went. He was a first-round grade. Cam Whitmore fell a ton. Um, not nearly as much movement on the trade uh, market as we thought that we were going to get. Um, still plenty of off season to go, but you know, all things considered, I think, I think it was a very good draft for the Pistons. Um, I hope NBA GMs are happy. Mike is starving to death. He has not eaten any slop today, and he's nothing. skin and bone. <laughs> I am starved and parched at the same time. I'm seeing mirages of restaurants and delicious pools of uh, clear water. Um, Kevin had nothing. I mean, even Mark Stein went on his podcast and said, I don't want to jinx it, but he expects a lot of moves ahead of the draft. And he lied. Mark Stein lied to us. <laughs> the, the second it's the true for the NBA draft as it is for like NFL trade deadline. Whenever they say, I got a feeling we're going to see a lot of movement this year. You know, you're yeah. not going to see anything. It's, it's, the, yeah. it's like worse than the announcer curse for, you know, extra points or field goals. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, but overall, good draft, fellas. 
Agreed. 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 I mean, you know, I don't think it was perfect, but I think it was good. I think they addressed some areas of need. And just because I think the Pistons should have taken Taylor Hendricks or, or Cam Whitmore or whoever, it, it, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter. It's Troy was going to make his picks. Troy was, was, it was, we were hearing more and more that Sar Thompson was becoming the guy. So this is something that we had some time to to prepare for. And I, I, I like I said, I think both these guys are going to help Detroit a lot. So uh, I, I'm satisfied with the draft. I think they're two good prospects and the Pistons got better today. That's, that's the important thing. They got better. They got good players. So excited to see uh, what, what they're going to be able to do. And it, it, it makes me start to think about my favorite time of the year, summer league, a few weeks oh, away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh Jesus. How did I forget? Uh, <laughs> Mike with his slop and Aaron with his summer league. I need an S thing too. I don't know. Uh, yeah. We'll fi- we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, look, we said it in the weeks leading up to this draft. The Pistons got dealt a really really bad hand getting the fifth pick. It put them in a position where it was much harder to make trades uh, with teams that were interested in moving up for an elite talent. Uh, it made things a lot harder in terms of getting a guy that you feel is much closer to a surefire prospect in terms of say scoot henderson or victor webinyama but all things considered i think they did the best they possibly could have um they they went out and got their guy in marcus sasser they took the player that i think is the highest upside in asar thompson I'm with you, Aaron. I would have also been very cool with them taking Jairus Walker. I would have been cool with them taking Taylor Hendricks. This wasn't the only pick, but I think it was a good pick. And it was the highest upside pick. And I can't fault Troy Weaver for doing that. Does Asar Thompson have bust potential? Absolutely. This is not me saying that, like, this was the perfect pick and it's going to work out amazingly. And everybody who has doubts about it is an idiot. No way. But considering the hand that they were dealt, I think they came out of this um, having addressed most of their needs and also having gotten the most talented player available at, at number five. So I don't really have any complaints. And yeah, whether it works out or not, I can't fault the process on, on draft night. So I think it was a very, very good draft for Detroit. Like you said, Aaron, not perfect, but very good. And we'll take very good. After getting dealt the fifth pick, the Pistons will take very good. Um, and I think it's unanimous uh, for us three that we feel did a pretty good job. And with still plenty of offseason still to go, I'm sure the slot bucket will be full. I wouldn't be surprised if it's full when I wake up in the morning <laughs> and uh, check my phone. But we hope Mike, you'll join us for Mike checking his tests while he just eats out of a trough. Uh. <laughs> uh, just to see if it's full. Um, well, we hope that all of you listeners will join us as we cover the NBA offseason. One of the most exciting times, uh, certainly one of my most favorite times in sports has, has turned into um, free agency and trade frenzy. And we hope that you will join us and we'll have plenty more covering uh, the draft for Detroit, covering Asar Thompson, how he fits, and Marcus Sasser and how he fits and 
what this is going to mean for the roster moving forward. I mean, this is a roster crunch with a lot of young guys um, and decisions are going to have to be made. And we hope that you'll join us for all of that as well. So thank you uh, for listening to this shortened edition of the Palace Pistons podcast this week. We wanted to get something out quickly following the draft. And um, like I said, we'll have a lot more coverage uh, heading into the next couple of weeks because the Pistons are most definitely not done uh, with their offseason. Uh, and we hope that you'll be joining us to hear all about it. So for my co-hosts, Jasper Apollonia and Aaron Johnson, I am Mike Angolano. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. And we will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.